everybody. Welcome to Drive Through Review 551. Today we're going to take a look at Bloodborne the Card Game. Now, this is a new game from Cool Mini or Not. It plays three to five players, and it's based on the video game uh, Bloodborne, which I have played. And I have a love-hate relationship with it, but it's mostly a hate relationship because I am not good at it and I don't have the time to invest in becoming good at it. It's an excellent game, great graphics, uh, really weird, dark, strange world, uh, but it just takes, I need to commit a lot of time to add it to be good at it. So let's take a look at the card game and then I'll give you my thoughts on it and how closely it kind of resembles the sort of uh, platformer slash action style of the video game. Okay, here's just about everything that you get in the game. I do want to make a quick note of the insert. Uh, it gives you nice spots to store these blood tokens and then these other tokens here, as well as these health dials, places for cards, and so on. So it all fits back together nicely. It's very easy to pack away and then unpack. Now, if you're not familiar with Bloodborne, uh, the idea is that you're these hunters that are going through these various areas to kill these different demons. And in the case of the card game here, you're going to choose, or randomly pull, one of these final boss cards. And you can kind of see here, the art is really cool. So it's kind of like the video game. And you can see the very the strangeness of it. So really cool, different, interesting art. So you're going to select one of these bosses here. And it's going to have an uh, effect for the entire game. So this is going to be face up. And you're going to fight through a deck of other monsters. Once you get through that, then you'll combat the boss here. But you can see a couple of things here. It knows the final boss. This shows you the hit points. This shows you what color die it's going to roll. And then it's going to give you some bonuses, uh, sort of like treasure or whatever, that you're going to get when you kill it. So this is the idea. The object of the players are going to be sort of cooperatively, but not really working through the deck and then also working to kill uh, the boss. Now, the next thing to note here is each player has their own player board, and these are identical. So the board shows a couple of different things here. Now, the first thing you'll notice here are these three tracks. And based on which kind of monsters and mini-bosses and the final boss that you kill, you're going to get little bumps up here on these tracks. And you're going to get basically the points uh, where you're at there. So if you get all three of these up here, which is not unheard of, you could get uh, 24 points total. So that's one way to get points. Now the other way to get points is when you do damage to different creatures, you're going to collect these blood tokens from the bank. So you're going to get these here, and these are going to kind of pile up. Now the thing is, is if you ever die, and you have this little health dial here that you normally start at 8, uh, but when you go all the way down, then you're going to die, and then you're going to lose all these blood tokens. But you can take an action to sort of bank those tokens, and you move these down here, and then if you die from there, uh, then all of these are safe, and then maybe you collected one token and died, you just lose that one. Uh, so that's part of the game is sort of knowing when to stay in a fight, and then also when to get out of the fight. And you will die uh, frequently in this game. Now the other thing players are going to get is they have an identical starting hand of these five cards. And what players are going to do during the game is they're going to reveal a card and all the players are going to fight that and then each player is going to choose a card to reveal and they're going to execute those uh, in turn order. And this is a start player marker. This is going to move left uh, around the table every turn. So there's going to be a different start player. And this is very important because where you are in turn order is really going to determine what card you play. Now, when you play a card, let's say I played this Hunter Pistol, which I'll talk more about in a minute, we'll put it off to the side. In the next round, I don't have access to that. So I've got to play one of these others. So that's a big part of your decision making. So maybe I would play it now this Hunter Axe and maybe a 2 to 2 damage there. Uh, then at some point, you're going to want to play this Hunter's Dream. And it says here, any damage 
you take this round as halved, rounded down, and then you bank all your collected blood. So again, that's the way that you get the blood over there. So you've saved your points. And then uh, you are able to gain a new action card. So you're gonna go and grab a new action card and add it to your hand, and then you get all these cards back. So let's take a look at some of the cards you're going to encounter. So here you're gonna make up this encounter deck here. And one thing you're going to do is shuffle in a certain amount of uh, these boss cards. So you won't necessarily use all of these, but you'll shuffle some of these in, and these are a little bit harder to deal with. Uh, but you're always gonna flip over one card here uh, from the deck, and then you're going to uh, and deal with it and have an encounter. So you can see this one says, one revealed, each hunter takes one damage. So bam, already that's sucky. <laughs> so you do that. And then each player, after you reveal the card, is going to choose a card from their hand. Everybody chooses face down and then reveals. And then we execute the cards again in turn order. So that's very important. And unless somebody played a card with an instant effect. If anybody played those, then you'll execute those in turn order. But you can see this Hunter Pistol is actually kind of interesting. It says, if you were the only Hunter to play Hunter Pistol, inflict the damage immediately, in this case one damage, instead of in the Hunter's attack step. But if multiple people played it, then they'll cancel each other out. But then you're going to walk around the table and then apply damage. In this case, Hunter's Axe does two damage and so on. You're going to take the damage off of the card. So I should say, when you reveal this, it will sometimes have four damage, but if you're playing with more than three players, you'll add damage to all of the creatures that you encounter uh, based on the number of players. So as you take damage, you'll start to gobble these up, and then you'll put them here on your player board and hopefully don't die. Now, if you do damage to it, any damage to it, in the round that it dies, and this is a very low health uh, monster, then you're going to get to move up on this track. You can see the little icon there. So we would get a bump up on that. That's only if you did damage to it in that round that it died. Something with more health might take multiple rounds to kill, like if it's a boss. Now, it's worth knowing that before you do the main damage step, after you've done the instant step, before you get to do the normal attack, the monster is going to attack you. And it's gonna roll a die equal to that color. So it's gonna roll the green one. And the green ones aren't too bad. Uh, you're going to roll the die there, and so that's going to do two damage to everybody that was in the fight. Now, for example, if we played this Hunter's Dream we were trying to step out, you will have that damage, so you only take one damage. Um, now, sometimes you will roll, let's see, this thing. So that will mean you need to roll it again. So it's one plus whatever you roll. If you roll another one, that'd be plus no again, and you could roll another one again, so the damage could really pile up on you. If you are dead, then you're going to go kind of skip to the end of the turn. You're not gonna do any damage or anything like that. And so you're gonna keep track again of your health on the style here. Now, if the monster is not killed, normally it's going to escape. So all the blood will go off it, and this guy will escape and be discarded out of the game. There may be different effects that uh, trigger on that. There's one boss specifically that has a uh, trigger when the monsters escape. Now, the one thing to note here about the bosses is they're gonna be a little bit more difficult. You can see this one has eight health. It's gonna roll a yellow die when it attacks. It is gonna give you a bump on two different tracks. You can see the two icons there. And the bosses will not escape. They will stay in play. Uh, so you have to deal with them round after round. So if you flip a boss here, you don't flip one on the next turn if you didn't kill the boss on the previous turn. Now, if you died or played the Hunter's Dream, you're gonna go into a Hunter's Dream step. Now, it's gonna behave a little bit differently uh, than if you uh, died versus the Hunter's Dream. Now up here you can see these upgrade cards, and these were dealt off of this deck here. You're going to deal out uh, the number of cards equal to the number of players, so in a three-player game you'll have three. 
Now it doesn't matter if you did Hunter's Dream or you died, you will get to take one of these cards and add it to your hand. And that's gonna be done in turn order. And these are just cooler effects here. Let's see, uh, we have here the Flame Sprayer. And this is whenever hunters who played a melee weapon take damage, they take double. So this will actually hurt other players. You'll be standing back spraying with flames and then you'll be hurting anybody else that's close to the monster. Uh, so there's a lot of ways here to really screw with people. You've got to be very sort of cognizant of that. So everybody will get one upgrade card if they died or if they played the Hunter's Dream. And anybody that did uh, either of those actions will also reset to uh, their full health, which is usually eight. And if you did play Hunter's Dream, you do get to bank these. You don't get to bank them if you died, of course. And you get to pick these up and put these back into your hand, any cards you've previously played. Uh, if you died, you don't get to do that. You still have to manage it with the cards uh, that you have. So you may end up just playing Hunter's Dream again, but it depends how, how much cards you had left in your deck. Now that's pretty much the game. Uh, there's a hand limit of seven cards. If you have to draw an eighth, you can discard one of your junkie cards out of the deck, uh, and then, you know, then you'll have just a seven. Some monsters will give you multiple victories, so the bosses will give you all three, so in that case you'll take, you know, whatever you get from that. And then at the end of the game, you add up your points here, and then any of your banked blood. Okay, so that is Bloodborne. Now, I was really surprised how much I enjoyed this game. Uh, it reminds me of a couple of games I don't like and some games that I really do like. So this falls into the games, the camp of a really like. Now, I didn't really like the video game that much. I already talked enough about that. And when I was reading through the kind of the mechanics, I was like, hmm, okay, well, I'm not sure about this. But it reminds me a lot of Citadels or Libertalia, which I didn't really end up caring for but also kind of like Cheaty Mages or Shinobi, uh, those style of games too. And so it really has this strange sort of double guess kind of thing because you're like, okay, well, he's got this much health left. You know, should I escape this time and be safe and try to bank the blood? And you may not be safe even then because you may just get damaged just come after you, which is a lot like the video game where you just get like hammered. You're like, what happened? Um, but, you know, it's like, okay, now, you know, can it be last in turn order so I can do this? Maybe jack other people up, and which will kill them. If I get instant effects, I can try to trigger those off and sort of break the turn order. Uh, and, you know, the different effects from the weapons and the bosses and the final bosses and, you know, just all the creatures is really going to kind of mix things up. Um, so it has that kind of hilarious side to it where people are dying left and right, <laughs> which you may not like, um, but it plays pretty quick. So it plays like half an hour. So if you're kind of getting beat up on, it's going to be over quick, which isn't really like the greatest, you know, praise that you can give a game. But I think it's really fun all the way through. And I have I had a really good time with it. Uh, I like that there's kind of the two different ways to score because you could really sort of just focus on collecting blood, getting in those big hits, doing lots of damage that way, and you know, just trying to bank all that blood. Where you can really try to also focus on getting in on the kill when it's gonna happen. And you know, try to mitigate that a little bit and then get a lot of points on your track. Uh, so it's really fun. It's, it's the thing that really kind of brings it home and is a game that I'm gonna keep is the fact that it's a kind of a good lunchtime filler game, but it has that Ameritrash side to it. Because a lot of your Lunchtime games are like little card games or little kind of mini Euro resource management games or stuff like that, which I, you know, obviously like, but it's nice to have something in this sort of just bloody, you know, beat em up, silly, fun kind of thing, but also squeeze that down into about a half an hour or so uh, and just have a lot of good time and just, you know, you know, a lot. Of, 
unlock kind of the trash talking and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, in a game, and, but be able to play it like in a lunch hour kind of atmosphere. So I definitely recommend this. I know it's not going to be ever for everybody because it is a little bit wild and brutal, but it really does kind of feel like the video game in that degree. Uh, but I don't have to spend three hours figuring out how to beat a level, <laughs> you know, and then beating it and then dying on the first guy next time I run it because something I just messed up slightly. <laughs> but it has that same kind of like, oh crap, you know, the tension that you have in the video game. Uh, so I think if you're a fan of the video game, you probably would get a kick out of this because it does have that similar vibe uh, to it. And you're just not sure like, okay, if I run away, oh, I'm dead anyway, you know, <laughs> like, so it's got all that kind of stuff in it and it works really well. Um, so anyway, I definitely recommend this, uh, you know, kind of with those caveats, but uh, I had a great time with it. Thanks.